Although I have to say, I'm not really impressed with the DC nightlife. Oh my god! I mean, it has definitely... gone down. No, like I just feel like there used to be an era, and there I feel is like that era is over, like very. There is no vibe, you guys. Like I'm telling you right now. It is gone. Those days where everyone was just in a vibe, it's over. It's all like cookie cutter. It's either cookie cutter Gen Zers who don't really know why they're out. They're just out and they're happy to be there. Yeah, they miss club culture. And then they they just, no one's doing anything. It's just everyone standing in a room. Talking. Talking. You put your business casual on and said, honey. We put our Contempo casual outfit on (laughs) and we headed to the club and we danced all night. And then like now it's just like you walk in and it'll be busy, but it's like everyone's just standing there. It's just like. There are so many. I feel like the music has gone stale, but the space and location like, you know, like, I mean, again, I had the reference of town secrets. You can Mm. go into those places and like, especially like if you just don't you don't go out and you want to feel that like nightlife feel mm-hmm. um you could go to town and trade uh town and um and secrets and kind of get lost right like mm-hmm. you're a stranger but now you go to all the places that that are on u street um and they're pretty much like you said cookie cutter replication like a replica of the other one and the music is kind of stale so it doesn't really encourage people to dance I don't want to say it's like the work culture either in DC that people just want to go out and like continue to like talk about their work, work or whatever. Um, but I just think that there's like too many clicks also. Like people just circle up in their clicks and they're not open to like, you know, dance on the dance floor with some stranger. That's like, I feel like those days are kind of really gone. We're going to introduce the show because we, we have the guests are like, who's this person? <laughs> Who, do we have a guest? Who are you? <laughs> We are kicking off episode six of Wait, Don't Do It with Giorgio Takunakis. Hi, guys. Giorgio reviews um, several different reality shows, is a pop culture um, reviewer, gives awesome takes on so many different reality shows. And it's someone I turn to. I love my, um, my, would you say you're like, is it like a commentator? Um, you're, you're obviously yeah. a connoisseur. Yeah, I give commentary. I do break news here and there. I broke the Juan Dixon of it all last year. (laughs) Um, So I do that sometimes. A lot of the housewives call me the PI of Bravo because they know I'll get to the bottom of it. So, you know, I wear that with with grace and I'm humbled by that. And hanging out with you, we had a wine night one time. And you have so much reference for reality tv <laughs> like you know the tea behind the scenes like i feel like there's carlos king and then right here there's georgia knowing the tea on a wednesday about what's going on with kyle richards 
I um actually I I was thinking of reaching out to Carlos King because I wanted to have him on my podcast because I feel like he and I could really like go That'd back. That'd be and such forth. a key. I would love yes. that. But <laughs> yeah, so funny. listen, I I like to say that reality TV kind of raised me a little bit, like the Laguna Beach Hills, the real world, like. I was just rewatching Whitney Port rewatch The Hills and I <laughs> shat myself because of all the references, all the like the th- simple fact and I won't go into a tangent cuz I will do it. But on The Hills, it's one of the only reality shows where you don't need the interviews to tie the story together. Is yeah. that not why now we need interviews because there's not enough happening in the actual scenes so reality up for right. So it's just fascinating to see how it all evolved and like what it is now and then see where those people are in this space now, like watching Whitney or Heidi, um, just like trying to like navigate the space. Like Everyone's got a podcast and like trying to like retell stories from that time. So I've just always been fascinated, mostly from the production standpoint first, mm-hmm. because I always wondered like how... How are we getting these moments if they're reality? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are they doing? Obviously, we know that there's a lot that goes into it now. But it's just like, it's just, it's always fascinating. And now that we're breaking the fourth wall left and right on the shows, like I, like my nipples get hard every time. I'm so interested in the idea of like the lies and the tweets and people posting during the show. So you're getting like the context before, during, after, Mm -hmm. and you're watching it and and you get to piece it together and wait for the reunion for it to all even come together. Like you said, with the interviews and the storylines and it's all very constructed. And back in the day in reality, y'all, we're we're a little older, but back in the day, it was really like organic. My reality um, came from originally competition shows like Big Brother and Survivor and places where they would just be terrible because they because there was no media right you could just be as terrible mm-hmm. as you want and that was kind of like the goal like the first survivor the elimination like it's just so iconic the betrayals that would just happen and there was no media you just saw it on tv and that was it and it was pretty honest at that time yeah i think it and i i think also people didn't really understand what it was like they just you know what i mean like that's right. what made it so great and now there is this like how do you keep it fresh? Because obviously like with housewives, if you get a new housewife, chances are she's watched housewives already. So right. She, so it's kind of hard to throw someone like that in there. That's not a fan. Who's just kind of like, Oh my God, I'm here. And then they try to have moments. Um, or, you know, they make great television, but then they're one season wonder Monica, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where she blew, she blew her literal entire load in like four months. <laughs> And it was just like, okay, we're done. <laughs> I um, I was gonna say, like, especially in the drag space, I feel like Nunu. Uh, what do you, I think the similar thing could be said <laughs> in Drag Race. You see, um, oh yeah, the editing that grew up as middle schoolers watching the show, and then they finally get on the show. There has to be that feeling of like, oh, like you said, I'm, I'm, I am I even here? So it kind of takes the presence out of the moment, uh, which is why I, I think can. What, this is a shady season, the most recent season, but people are editing themselves a lot more, I feel like, on reality across the board. But you kind of have to unless you want, you know, the threats. I mean, even from 
I mean, I think about obviously the Nicki Minaj thing and you can go against some, someone on X Ooh. on Twitter and then get doxxed or make a video. So imagine doing it on a TV show where it's like fully recorded in the face, like you have family to protect, children, like it's definitely very hard to navigate because you would pretty much have to have your own security if you were really trying to be as bold as they want you to be. Something I always say, and I, I think the Bravo fandom is like kind of annoying because they are sometimes very harsh. And it doesn't have to be that harsh. You can give feedback and not feel like you're, like, cutting someone. Like, you don't know these people. And they're also performing. So, like, with Monica, there was a lot of people that were, like, very, like, throwing, like, really shady remarks. Obviously, she got a lot of backlash. But she created such great television. And mm -hmm. across the board with uh, Salt Lake City is a great example. I feel like, like, even though Heather's annoying, you know, there's moments of that. But, like, I still respect Heather and for what she did for that season and what Whitney does for that season. I think, you know how they, how people talk about Whitney? Like, she's kind of, yeah. like, dumb and baby. I think, yeah, there's a level of truth to it. I love how she says hitting. But I feel like she probably gets a lot of the negativity. And it doesn't have to be that way because she still has a strong place in the show. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the that's the whole point. You need all of these different people and personalities otherwise it's just like overkill you can't have a bunch of people being the villain at the same time or the, you can't have a bunch of whitney's either because everyone's just going to be sitting in a corner twiddling their hair yeah you need the like balance you need a bulldog like lisa barlow who doesn't you know <laughs> she's I, god I love her but listen my thing is when i started doing this i was like if i wouldn't say this to these people's faces if i saw them in person then I'm not saying it online. And so much so I was, I went hard on Erica Jane for a long time. And then I saw her and, and I was like, I'm not going to take a picture with this woman. If I can't have a conversation first and let her know a yes, I was way harsh on you. Yes. I'm turning that page. I apologize for any like pain that I may have added. Not that I'm like a big thorn in her side, but I, I just, I, I saw a lot of creators. I'm not going to name names that, are on here talking smack and then know that these housewives don't remember them from a brick on a wall and they're up there in line posing with them. And I can't do that because like, Ethics. it's just fake. <laughs> it's just yes. fake. And also some of them do, They most of them know that this is what we do and they know the ones that are just trolling them, like the Monica page versus right. someone like me, like people ask me like, oh, if someone asked you to go on one of these shows, you wouldn't go. And I'm I was like, well, I would, but there's nothing for me to hide. My face is all over the internet. So it's not like I would be like, oh, it's not me. Mm. I stand by what I say. And I also stand by, I can change my opinion. <laughs> like, I don't have to like stay angry at people for like entire seasons. No, you definitely commentate in a way, like I say, like I see it as a television show. Yeah. And I'm not going to like have this scathing feeling to like go tell this artist or this this real housewife to like that she's a terrible mom or da 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 when i don't know these people and that they really probably do take this to heart and i really believe they probably check a lot of the comments check a lot of the tweets of course you have to uh and know about a lot of things but i feel like it's just it ruins the tv and it kind of like you that and i was going to ask you this what do you think about heather saying like oh you know, it's because of the bullying. It's hard to get high caliber women on these shows. Because do you think the caliber of woman has been affected on the real? Do you think it's as aspirational to be on The Housewives like it was back in its heyday, back in like season six of Atlanta, back when like yeah, six. Uh, 
like New York was in that seven to eight, like season seven to 11. You know what I'm saying? Those seasons. The way that I look at, first of all, the reason why I started watching these shows, The Housewives, was because, well, A, I grew up with a lot of women of different backgrounds and caliber personalities. I worked with a lot of women when I worked in beauty and fashion. So when the show started to come on, it was literally like, no, this group of women is not speaking for all women in this town or zip code. This is specific to a group of friends that happen to live in the zip code. And people always mix this part up and they feel like this does not represent us. Get her off. They did this with the real friends of WeHo, right? Or flop. No one. And I strongly feel our community specifically does not want to see us win. I agree. And I don't know if it's on this, but I, I'm, and I don't know if it's a trauma response to their insecurity. Um, and I'm being dead ass. I think a lot of them see other gay men, women go on shows like this and they're immediately triggered by it. And they're yeah. like, well, no, why would you be on it? Why, why would the competition? It? Yeah. And it's just, it's different with Housewives because, yes, there is a ton of women that probably want to be on the show, not because they live an aspirational life, because I just dug up some stuff where some of them, they go and rent lavish houses oh, yeah, for the for season sure. just... to look better. And, yes, a lot of times producers will say, yeah, can maybe get a rental for this because this is probably a, a it's hard to shoot in your house or B, it's just not aspirational. enough. Yeah. And that's part of it. And people don't want to digest that as a viewer, but more and more, it's becoming more transparent that these shows are produced in some way, way, shape or form. It's not so much that they're telling them what to say, but if I'm a, and I always think about it from the producer standpoint, if I had someone like if Nunu was my past member, I'm going to stick by her and I want to make sure that she gets her story out there in the best possible way. Now, to the viewer, they don't know all the work and the conversations that right. she and I are going to have throughout the course of the season or why she show up to dinner and all of a sudden be on one about confronting you about something you said a month ago. But here we are. That's the moment we're looking for. We're trying to pull out these different elements out of the women. And I think viewers think that these women wake up all day, every day and are like this. They're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's interesting is this correlation. So I just, just because I started, I, I started last year, I started watching the original 1980s soap opera Dynasty. And I was going back to the production uh, history behind it. And uh, the fans wanted more shots just in the mansion. They just felt like the luxury and all that part was pretty much the fantasy. And it's interesting that it really still hasn't changed because for a lot of reality shows, loving hip hop, people are just renting just for this, renting these cars, doing all these lavish stunts. And then it's just not how anyone lives. And um, being in, of course, the DMV, we always have close proximity to Potomac. I know I work with people who've gone to college with Giselle and I can say this and this and all these, about these other housewives. And it, it just is a disconnect. But I guess you need the disconnect because it's reality because... Well, the truth of the matter, in specifically Potomac, half, if not more than half of those women don't live in Potomac. They all live in the Baltimore area, Howard County, all that stuff. So because no one in proper Potomac would be on a show like this. This is where Andy had the problem with D.C. when he tried to do Real Housewives of D.C. Now, if I, if I, I mean, 
I would dare say if he would have approached that now, it would be very different. There would be women in D.C. that either used to work on Capitol Hill or used to be married to someone in that they would be like, yes, I want to be on this. But back then, everyone was playing it safe. All the women made a pact to not go after each other. So that's not fun. Don't pick a real solid group of friends pick like one or two that have been friends or but the most of them need to be like i see you strangers out. yeah you gotta react I yeah know out of, like, i want to i want to still feel like we're all getting to know each other and i think that was the thing but like potomac is failing horrendously this season Ooh, th- and this I, is a franchise that i love this has been the franchise for me like it was we were always so excited and every season was getting better and better and better yes and I don't want to say up until the whole Monique and Candace season, because I feel like the what was that? What season? That was five. I feel like season six still gave to a point because that's where Mia came in. I definitely love Mia. <laughs> um, but oh my god, it's un- I, to me at this point. I, I had to stop watching because I just it, there's there's levels of it's just. It's disappointing to watch. It's really it's just it's cringe. It's, everyone's got their own story going on because a lot of them don't want to interact, interact with anymore. Other. They're over. And that's right. that shouldn't be allowed. The mm-hmm. whole point of these shows is conflict resolution. So why are we holding on to a conflict from episode two? And we're almost at the end of the from season. Last Still haven't season. had a sit down from last or that. season. But can I just tell you when we were on our we were on our early flight to Vegas for BravoCon. Ashley and Candace were on our flight. You could not get them to even breathe at each other. And so much so when we got to Vegas at the baggage claim, (laughs) Candace walked all the way to the opposite side because she couldn't even bear to stand that close. So that is how bad it is for a lot of these women. They don't want, like Giselle has iced out like Wendy and like, she just doesn't, they're not making a good show. And thank God for Mia, because they're missing the mark here. I gave them a storyline for Robin for them to dig into. And they are protecting this girl left and right. The only person that's yeah. asked a couple questions is Mia, which by the way, Giorgio over here. <laughs> the production company has failed to give any credit to me. They gave credit to other bloggers that took from my original story. That's fine. But at least give the like the viewers want to have questions answered outside of these like propped questions that we got at Watch What Happens Live that you know you're going to get asked anyway. Like no one really went there and Mia kind of did, but not really. Like it just it feels like they're in cahoots with production and that's never a good Uh, thing. Like production should be there to help you get your story out, but they should not be friendly to the point where they're protecting you from what the storyline actually is yeah it has to be objective as possible here yeah i really want to clock the tea with y'all because i'm here um this episode is actually all about me just kidding um (laughs) but it is it is um not devil's advocate but like i you know have never watched a full season of housewives right i don't know that much about it i've seen the premiere episode of potomac because i went with raffi to meet candace I saw, I think the reunion season five with Cand- well, Monique and Candace. I've seen an episode of Atlanta. I've seen some girls trips. But you're episode. a clipper. You watch clips. Clips. So I, I have like a reference, but like no real, like I don't understand. First of all, I want to know what from both of y'all. Why? Like really? Why Housewives? What about watching a 45 episode season makes it like this is it, girls? 
I think personally, I I mean for me it was Jersey. Jersey introduced me to the Housewives. Teresa uh, specifically. Ter well, no, Danielle. Danielle was for me. I feel like one of the OG like, well, yeah. because it was the first season I ever watched. That she was the sh like the show. She really brought the storyline. She said. I'm going to create a moment. I'm the center of the tension. And I just like, like I said, I like how deep it gets. Back in the days, it wasn't always about promoting their businesses. But I feel like it really gets, you get like real drama, quick one-liners. And it's just, to me, it's like aspirational enough. And it's separate enough for me not to feel anything when I'm watching them. Like, I love these girls. I, I wouldn't. I don't dislike any of them because, again, it's just not that serious. I think for me, it was the the relatability of being in a group of friends. We all could relate to someone being a certain way or having an argument with a friend over something. And you're just like, this is just what it is. But now it's turned into this other machine and no, it's not to the point where like Basketball Wives is. Like mm -hmm. for me, I loved Basketball Wives when it first came me on. Me too. Like I'm because obsessed. It what those women did not know what they were doing. They At not all. They like with that Tammy and um, Evelyn. Yeah, Evelyn the iconic. Iconic. They did not. That was not produced. That was real. Real. That was something <laughs> that Tammy. What you saw her with the cigarette. Like she was just. She didn't care. Now it's like, you know, like after what a few seasons, I started to pick up on Tammy would be like, I'm packing to go film basketball. Why are you packing up your house to go film basketball wives, dear? Because none of y'all live in the same city and you've got to make this show happen. So you guys all have to go to Miami for a couple months, film this. So you're getting a rental. I got it. It's fine. But now it just seems like everyone's showing up with glam with their storyline in their pocket before the cameras pick up episode one, they know what they're going to like confront. And then whatever happens after that is gravy for them. Like if someone else gets it really bad, then they can sit back and be like, I'll save this for next season. You know what I mean? It's just, it's too strategized, but I, I really enjoy an ensemble cast and no, I don't necessarily need them all to be friends but I need to see that they're trying to get to know, like anybody would. Like if if someone new moved into the city and they're friends with one of your friends and they come out with you guys, you're going to get to know them and decide if you like them. Do you want to keep hanging out? It's just, I'm Human still nature. on to that. I think we get glimpses of it, but it's it's the new ones. They come in and they like, they're it's clear as day, like Anne Marie for Beverly Hills right now. That, that one's a rough one. How many episodes too. did you watch? And you know, you know, no, but also Anne Marie is, and again, it's another facet of why this is annoying to watch sometimes, is because she was just a pawn for Kyle to get all her grievances out with uh, Sutton. <laughs> Sutton is great TV. That is great TV. There's a level of, again, she's very manicured. She's really like, she knows what, the, what the, where the camera is, but she's also willing to commit to the character. Oh, of um, course. Namum was such a moment that just showed you that she is just down. She knows she's on TV and you're taking it too seriously. You're cutting way too deep, Kyle. And I think, but also, Kyle, I, I think you made me have a deeper appreciation of Kyle Richards also. Wait, not because, me and not her award-winning role in Halloween, Um, one of them? 
Well, also that part, because I'm a Halloween fan. <laughs> Kyle is someone who really kind of found her own doing this show because obviously she was anchored, you know, with sisters that had a namesake already that were relevant. She was kind of the the youngest sister that was just kind of floating around. Her and her husband came from zero. They, yeah. they borrowed money from people at given point. They, they literally started from the bottom. So now I understand... She's not going to go into it this season, I don't think, about the real issues with her marriage. But Sutton for sure knows that she's on a show. She knows that she's got to play up this shtick, that she's this Southern person that keeps this like cocktail mix in her purse. She's playing along with us because that's what you do. And that's what mm-hmm. everyone should do if you're going to be on a show. I don't need you to sit there and be worried about protecting everyone that comes into the screen because mm-hmm. you're worried something's going to come out. If you have that much that you don't want out, dear, then don't don't, don't come on the show. show. Yeah. You know what? Which, by That's- the way, I did hear when they, the, one of the problems for real friends of WeHo, I'm going to jump around. That didn't work out so well because there's a lot of people on there that in the middle of filming, they're like, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. No, right, no, no, that, that's what I heard. That. Yeah, and it's just like, why are you doing that? Because they want to promote their businesses and they want an easy way onto TV. And the viewer's not dumb. You can't trick them. You can't anymore. fake. Yeah, we know, really can't. We know. we know what the tea is. Yeah, especially with social media and everything. I also for that specific show, just because WeHo was so dramatic, especially with the Drag Race fandom. I I thought it was just weird because they, again, they were not friends, but also. I don't think fans should have a say, but I think in terms of casting, you have to get people that people like legitimately like and want to, or not even like like, but want to know. And for that show, you just, I feel like the only names were who like Brad and Todrick, and then the rest were some other people, but they didn't know each other. And then Brad is not that interesting. And I mean, Todrick, I think Canada's Drag Race is a great perfect ba- villain place for Brad Kresge, but he doesn't want know? to be a villain. No one wants to be a villain anymore, and I get it. But that's what was leading me to. The roles. So in every reality show, there's obviously now roles and archetypes. What are the roles and archetypes for like Beverly Hills? Like I know Drag Race is always the villain or the youngest queen or the fashion one or the, you know, comedy. Like what's the roles or archetypes for the casting at this point? I mean, this season it's been tricky because we lost our villain, which was Rinna. I mean, she typically was the person that would bring it all out of the bag. Like she didn't care. You know, she would get messy she would have a conversation with you and then leave and then call <laughs> rough and tell him in a very exaggerated way to piss him off so that it would cause conflict. And that was her role. And we have Kenya on Atlanta that kind of serves that purpose. And listen, yeah. a lot of people don't want to be the villain, but like you have to know that even if you're not the archetype villain for the franchise, one of the seasons you're going to be a villain, whether you yeah. want to be or not. So either lean into that a little bit or don't. And we're seeing Crystal get activated this season because, Mm -hmm. you know, Anne-Marie, I guess, took the right person to come on. But I think she's she just had it. And then with Dorit's like child bride comment, she's been going ham. And I talked to her a few weeks back and I was just like, I'm so excited to see you like getting out of your skin because she's an Aquarius too. And so we tend to sit in the background and observe a lot. And you can't do that when you're filming a show. Cause then you look like you're not saying anything, even though you do have an opinion and she does, she has lots of them. Mm. So she's finding her way through. And that's the thing. Like if I ever 
when I get to be on a show like that, I'm speaking into existence, but like yeah. not housewives, but I would love to do like a real friends of WeHo if they were to ever give it another shot. Like I texted you, Rafi, and was like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Shed Media. I'm trying to get this idea of content creators who are a group of friends because I think we need a new iteration yes. of that type of television because housewives, not that it's going to go away anytime soon, but I think it's so predictable in terms of, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to get a new cast member. Okay, they're going to be messy. Because they know they have to be. They know what's on the line. They need camera time. But we need new dynamics and new faces and new groups of people. Absolutely. Show diversity in new concepts. Don't force diversity into concepts that it's just not going to work. Like when you try to throw in, like Garcelle was like pushing it, throwing her into Beverly Hills. Because nothing really has even come up. The microaggressions are Mm. like left right and no one when i talk about it wants to hear about it they're like get this off my tv everything is about race it's not about race but it's about this is what these are the realities of what people go through right and if you ignore it it makes you look that much more like of an asshole like if you're like if could you imagine if they let these scenes play out and no one talked about the elephant in the room of what was going on the viewers would go ape shit yeah and no, and, the, and no editing but also i feel like dorit has <laughs> dorit was not ready for the season no dorit was not ready for the season i don't know what activated last season but she was not ready for the season well she didn't she doesn't have a storyline she doesn't have a business mm. and pk <laughs> is in london a lot so mm. I I feel like there has to be some kind of like exploration. And I think that's for all this series, like um, basketball wise, love and hip hop, Beverly Hills, every single one. I'm like, you know, after 10 and 15 and just seasons, years, I just feel like you have to give it up. Like you have to move on. You don't have a storyline because so much of your life has already played out. Like, and also wouldn't you just want the break and I get the idea of the check, but I'm like, even for baddies, bad girls, like we, like we need new people. And I feel the same way about DC. I'm not, I'm not sure why this area is so blacklisted in reality TV. It doesn't seem like things, they want things for DC. So snobby here about that stuff. And, and it takes, is a small percentage of people that will actually be willing to do it. Mm. Um, I've always struggled with that. I'm like, there's there's so many pockets of like groups of friends and things that they could really make a spectacular reality show out of. But it's like, they're not interested. Like no one's interested. And also I sometimes, I really believe that the money's not there anymore. It's not the same. I feel like. Oh no. Um, well, these, I, heard these going, ha- I mean, I think if it's a new concept, you should know that you're not going to be getting like, it's not gonna work until it's a hit at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So I think you utilize it in a way to make it popular, but work your socials and and yeah. use that front because now you have exposure. I I mean, I get it, but like if you're if you're in that space and that's what you and I do feel like that is the next like I want to be an actor, I want to be a reality star. That mm-hmm. that's why we have all these love islands and mm-hmm. you know, married at first sight and married my homeless man outside of a dumpster type shows. That because there's a plus, there's constantly casting mm-hmm. for like something. People want more fresh faces, but it doesn't seem like we're getting fresh faces. We're getting a lot of thirsty. I agree. My cousin was on Love Island and um, she did it so bad. I was like, you're boring, Diva. You're trying to force it. Like, he don't want you. And it was just like no shade, but it was just, I, I just, I feel like 
Yeah, like you said, people just want to be on TV. And did there is she a- did she say if her producer was made, like did she say if the show like some of those shows I feel like they kind of entice them to be extra. I did get that camera. from her, but like I I just you know with especially like I love Island you, you know the traction is not there. I just hard to like like what else can you do if they don't want you? Yeah, I mean you're stuck <laughs> with whatever you get. I guess at that point. And uh, but well. Would you, I I recently found out uh, through your social media that you made it to the second rounds. You were almost Paris Hilton's best friend. <laughs> I almost saw oh you on my TV when I, was, I, when I was in middle school. I caught oh. it. That show was so fun. Back in the day, y'all, there was a show called, uh, what was it? Paris Hilton's next best friend model. Tom my, B- my BFF. <laughs> I remember watching season one and that girl won. Okay, it was so no, weird. Did the psycho girl, the psycho girl won the first one, and then yeah, the gay won the second crazy. one. And I always thought yes. it should have been a, a gay. I was like, this makes no sense, Paris. But then the gay I, won season two. Yes, but it was a surprise because she originally had like not made him a finalist, and it was uh-huh. between two girls. And then for some reason she decided. Actually, I changed my mind, and then she picked that guy, Stephen. Which good for him. Shout out to Steven. He's very <laughs> lovely, very kind. And actually, they're still friends. Like they still mm. interact. So it's not completely fake. But I did make it to the second round because when season two was uh, casting, I sent in. I mean, I was living my Paris Hilton life at that stage. So I was like, I if anyone here on the East Coast can be her best friend, it's me. Okay. Um I made it to the second round and then obviously like I dropped off and I remember I was so devastated. Like I was like, this is, this was my only opportunity to meet Paris. Like it's my, not even about the show, just to meet. No, Paris. <laughs> I just wanted to be in the same room. Yeah. As Paris, I would have fought all of those other bitches to like get camera time for her. Like that would be the only time I, you would see me be thirsty, which is probably why god universe didn't put me out there that soon <laughs> i flash back to it and be like oh my god but let, yeah, let it, no, it was crazy because mtv2 was very like they were really hitting the ground running with all these different crazy reality projects that they were trying to do yeah. so you mm-hmm. you didn't i had no idea what i was getting myself into the questions were all very standard nothing was like crazy just about me and like my correlation to Paris, but like, um, yeah, it was crazy. I saw that memory on my Facebook of all places, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot about this. This was like history in my <laughs> that that well that moment is uh, just that show alone is gay history. So you are part of I gay know uh, that is definitely queer history because I feel we all watched it and we all wanted to be her best friend. You you're loving Aquarius, don't you? Oh yes, I <laughs> I attract Aquarius. I also attract a lot of Leo energy. My partner's oh, Leo. Yeah, my mom's yeah. a Leo. My sister's a Leo. My, oh, best, my, God. One of my best friends a Leo. I work. With you a just few love crazy. Okay, I live for that. You no, know, I, I it's a good balance. It's a good balance because did I, you hear though um, about Eva Eva Pickford who won season two of three. Uh, season three of America's Next Top Model. Yeah, oh no! If I, if I'm anything, I'm America's yeah. Next Top Model. <laughs> Visionado. <laughs> but if, uh, but she won. She was not. Re- she. I think she made two at the second round or the first round. But she was not. She did not get a callback to be on the show. But she showed up randomly to the callbacks, mm-hmm. and that she just forced her way in. Oh, she just pretended like, oh yeah, and then she said that the, one of the producers kind of picked up that she wasn't. Like back for she wasn't called back, but they still let her through, and she ended up getting on the show. So, do you think that's still possible now? 
I mean, anything's possible, but, (laughs) but I think you've got to be able, if you're going to do something like that, you've got to own it. Like you got to real, you can't go in timid and just show up again. Think that someone's going to be like, Oh, actually, no, you got to go in like she did what she was hustling. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm going to get, I'm going to get something out of this, which alone shows you that she has the character to be on TV. Exactly. And that's why, like I did, even in DC, there was a few like pilots for this, like it's not around anymore, but the fine living network tried to do like a, um, like a HGTV Jeff Lewis mm-hmm. crazy interior designer that lived in DC. And I remember I was on Craigslist because that's where they would post all those like, Oh, try out for this. We're going to film here. And I would just sit there for like hours and be like, yes. And I would even tell them, you can make me do whatever you want me to do. I don't care. Like if I'm <laughs> the the bad guy, I will do that. If you, cause I was like, oh, so on. I needed to try this somehow. <laughs> I did like pilot there I, when I was in New York, did a couple pilots there. I'm game for whatever, as long as it's authentic storytelling and it's fun, that's fine. I'm not going to come up and make a whole story about myself that doesn't like actually, it's not mm-hmm. real, but like, yes, if you should ask, like, can you come on and be a little bit of a, like, stir the pot a little bit, then yes. Cause I'm vocal. I have a lot of opinions. I have no problems. Just randomly blurting them out if we're film if we're filming i'm not going to do this in real life guys but like that's what that's what that's for and i think now if someone were to do that it would be like a monica that would Mm. just show up and be like you know i know i wasn't called back but i like right her on your podcast i will blow the socks off baby are you sure you weren't you weren't proud of the burn book you didn't add anything to the burn book are you absolutely sure i Honestly, that burn book should have went right in the garbage. She wasted. <laughs> she made her daughters help her with that. You know she did, and that is her, embarrassing. Her oldest daughter probably did most of it. Let's be honest. Oh my god, we saw that. Yeah, we saw that dynamic. <laughs> um, but would and- would you want to interview her? Like, would you like? Do you like her? I don't dislike her, but I will say, the one thing that always turned me off about her was how easy it was for her to put her uh all of her craziness out there within five minutes so like for me i want to get to know like let me digest that you were sleeping with your brother-in-law for this season Mm -hmm. before we jump into your mom putting you in the trunk so she can make out with someone like that that type of stuff when that's what i like she burned your load it's just what now what else am i gonna like nothing you say from this point on is going to shock me. I'm not going to be like, Oh wow. Or I didn't know that. Like you told us everything and the ladies Mm -hmm. and the producers, which I do believe the producers knew that she was a part of that page. I think they were sure. Yeah. And they were like, we need something. So if she's messy like that, she can be messy with these ladies. We'll just keep an eye on it. And I think they figured out that once like Heather got wind of it, they were like, okay, perfect. This is the perfect <laughs> storm, which it was, but I don't think they could do anything else with it. So yeah, someone mm-hmm. like that, I, I always will respect someone like Monica who put herself out there like that. And because it's not easy, right? Everyone's talking no. smack about you anyways, whether they, you know, you didn't do anything wrong or you did. So so, so I, you would be <laughs> back um, on TV, Rappy. 
Um, no, I would. I mean, I feel like that's what I was going to ask a follow up question was a what rank the categories of reality TV, like competition, obviously game show, obviously like ensemble, but obviously which one would you go for? Like right now, I would say I used to be like, oh, I would love to be on like something like the Housewives, like an ensemble cast, best friends, showing life, partying, whatever, like Jersey Shore. However, Traders has really gotten me. And like, would I be good? At, would I? What would I do in a competition show like that? Um, and so, yeah, what kind of show would you uh, uh, rate the competition show or like rank the reality shows? And which one would you do? So my number one would always be ensemble because I always feel like that I jive better in situations where I'm getting to know other people and can play off other people. Right. Second to that would be a competition reality show, but it would have to be a specific kind of competition, like traders. If they open it back up to regular folks, I'm there. I want There's no mix anymore. It's just like famous people, right? At this point. Well, that's what they did for season two, but I don't know. Like they're, I know the very first season they did half and half, half like it, regular yeah. people and then some like reality celebrity. So maybe this time they wanted to focus it all on reality stars. So perhaps maybe they go back to some of that, like where they introduce like real people, because I think that makes it more fun too. Yeah. Cause then it's like, you don't really know the people that are not already on TV or a celebrity right. so you can kind of like whatever, but I would absolutely like, if they did one with content creators, I that would be, would be so- like, Good. Sign me up. I will go to like wherever was it Scotland or wherever they film it. That I really feel like fun. that would be a struggle. I feel like all the faithfuls would go home immediately <laughs> because we would just be. I feel like content creators are just like we're very like a level of narcissism. So I feel like it'd be hard to get our hands on a trader. I don't really? know. I think it would be easy because I, I think, think it'd be so would easy. be able to we would have a beat to be able to observe people where everyone already knows that these people gotcha. have been on tv and know what the game is we could play on the fact that like oh we haven't done this before and True. like really come in for the kill so i mean yeah and game show obviously like would be third but i'm not opposed to a game show but like for like bread and butter purposes i would definitely do ensemble would I be a villain like i feel like i talk a lot but i don't i do not in front of people's faces so I would have to like get used to being in front. Like I could be a villain because I am so terrible when I talk about people. But like, do you want the backlash? But would I care? I have a master's degree. I can counsel myself through a death threat, right? You would be a good, not villain, but you would be good. Like I could see you being, I mean, they would probably categorize it as villain because you'd probably be having to bring up all this stuff. But I feel like people <laughs> would be comfortable to talk to you about stuff and you're honest yes I, I would get people to trust me and be, then i'd be yes. like and then you could then turn around at the group dinner and be like so georgia you told me earlier that you were pissed off something so what's going on with that and like that would be annoying in real life if someone did that right you're like why are you bringing this up but on camera i want you to do like i want to be on a cast of people that are ready to go for it yes but also just let leave it surface level like this. we're not here to eat bitch like, yeah, <laughs> to fight. No, I think as long as you, we all, all also gays just like a little shade throwing here and there. So I think as long as you like keep it surface level, I think it's just great TV. So I always said Nunu would be a great um villain on a TV show for sure. I would just be Who like, would a you be on the ensemble, Giorgio? What's that? Who would you be in the ensemble? Oh gosh, it might change. I mean, I think 
ultimately I think honestly I've always said I think my first season would be like people would not like me not because of my personality but they because I think I would go in and be the person that's like talking to too many people and then bringing it all up and that would be my messiness or I'm very when I get mad I can also use things that I know about someone against them on an intellectual level, honey, because we fight. Don't we all. <laughs> and but yeah, I think that part of it for me, I think it would be hit or miss. Like I think some people would love it. And then I would I think I guess villain. I don't I don't think Kenya because Kenya's an Aquarius too and we can play I know I was like well. <laughs> Do you think there's a better sign to be on TV? I as an air sign, I'm a Gemini. So I always think like we're the better people to be on TV because like I don't we don't take anything personal or serious. Like if you tell me something, I'll be like, oh, okay, and then I'll just I won't feel that the next day. And I can just say something quick, snappy, and be mean, and then it's not who I am. It's just, you know, I'm a passing fancy. I think um air signs for sure. Fire signs for sure, because why not? We need some of that, like, dynamic. And then, you know, there is a lot of them on these shows, but Cancers. Cancers are great. Cancers are great. I, I, I hate Cancers in real life. So good on TV. Oh. They are such a hard exterior, but they're, like, little babies on the inside. And it's this perfect mashup for a producer to pull all these different moments out of this one person that you can't really get out of other signs. Like, you know what you're going to get with the air sign. You know what you're going to get with the fire sign. But with cancer, they always keep you on your toes. And that's why they're like one of the most hardest signs to be in a relationship with. Down. <laughs> oh my God. Nunu with like six other cancers on a cast would be Bitch, I, that's, that's like the only sign <laughs> I do not get along with because I literally hate emotion that I always come across as like so mean to them. I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean. I just, I just don't like you. You do Tell come Shed. across cold and mean. It's so weird. Tell yeah. Shed Media we got a show. Put Nunu <laughs> on a cast with no. someone else was just. Someone else just put up a casting notice um the other day, and I actually we follow each other. The person's casting, and I was like, "Hi, again, bring <laughs> it back to you know what it, the feedback was." And I don't agree with this. Is one of the producers didn't tell me, told another person that why would anyone watch content creators on TV when they can just watch them on YouTube? And it's like, well, babes. It's quite different. Not everybody's hanging out all together. We don't know the. It's not about the content creation. That's just like it's not about being a real housewife. We're not watching these women sit at home baking cakes for their right. husbands and doing laundry all day. They're going out and they're being strategic about being in these groups. So it would be the same as any other like ensemble cast. But I think they think that like the content creator on TV is like double kill for some reason. Like as if like you would be all, it wouldn't be overexposed like, almost or something. i feel I like guess, it wouldn't be yeah. our followers watching the show it'd, no. be, it'd be the projects like i said it'd be you producing your podcast but also your life and your and your family you can also bring family into this i would be the producer level like talking like what nightlife is all the messy shit we go through in nightlife and see mm, just and, come to a brunch and you'll see something messy try <laughs> so i think there's always i think there's such a market for that but like you said i feel like the initial i feel like sometimes producers can be so like content creators are this but no i think i'm glad that content creators i prefer content creator over influencer but it has like a rap that we wouldn't um that we that it would just be us recording us on like it, like 
how the yeah, process like, works not, on creating. I'm not envisioning we're all sitting in our house and they're just filming <laughs> us like do TikToks and my recaps yeah. and all that stuff. It's more about this is the commonality that brings us together in the group mm -hmm. and then go. Like we, you know, I always, and I should do a better job about this because obviously like the people that I've been talking to are not picking up what I'm throwing, but like maybe it's that <laughs> we, like I've even thought of like, getting like grassroots about it and finding people that could be producers. And we just throw some money together and put a sizzler together and start shopping it around to networks because until they see it, they I believe in it's it, right. not easily explainable. And just like housewives, when Andy tried to sell it to the network, he was like, Oh, this is going to be like the real desperate housewives. Cause that's what that show was based off of. Exactly originally and so it took a while for people to cat like why would anybody want to watch like we already have a show a scripted show like that where people can escape and do that he's like no there's like a real group of women that live like this we should be getting it and so same thing with laguna beach it was a spin off of the oc which was a scripted show about oh yes you know very privileged teenagers in orange county that like were living their best life and so we got laguna beach so it's just like we we're almost there, like Real Friends of WeHo almost got it, mm -hmm. almost. But yeah. wrong network, in my opinion. It should not yeah, have MTV, been MTV. No. I'm sorry. Why on earth would you think that that would? No, the demographic that watches that type of stuff isn't watching it on MTV. Yeah, they should yeah. have. If anything, they, they should have put on VH1 or E, because it's mm -hmm. not a mtv like i i felt like it stuck out like and plus it pissed off all the drag race fans so it all the drag race fans were so mad that's and again, the power though uh like that's like if they try to put some stupid show on after beverly hills they would burn it to the ground and even if the show was good it wouldn't be good anymore mm -hmm. so it's like yeah needs to happen oh the surreal life was one of my favorite oh the shows. surreal life so that really also life. boosted like I, I mean obviously it gave that way to flavor it. flame and like because her and amarosa had so got it to it not my camera dying <laughs> amarosa burn yeah. vanilla ice bridgie flavor flame janice i mean all the people that were on that show great i mean adrian and yes. uh, greg brady uh, romance plot and that became another reality show like it, that gave birth to that was the renaissance to me well that's that the was that was one of the closing questions i had was vh1 or bravo VH1. Who contributed the most reality tv history who who's who who is it who is it if i'm gonna go off history and storytelling from a longevity standpoint it's vh1 but my only hiccup with VH1 is they throw too much money at the production part of it. And I need it to be more taken down one notch. Like I really love a good produced moment. I love the edits and all that, but some of like, even with basketball wives and like uh, love and hip hop, it always seems like I'm watching sort of a scripted show, but I no, know for sure. Not. And that's where I get lost on getting into it full throttle anymore and like even with basketball wives like it's hard for me to like get you know it's just not real it's a setup and that's i know all of you guys are meeting up in the morning being like all right i'm gonna go for her and you're gonna go for me and then da -da -da -da. and i don't want to know that even if that is what's going on keep it tight you know what i mean and don't 
don't be so yeah it's just the it's the final wash they give these shows on vh1 now it's like they threw like some money at it and i don't want that i want to see a little grittiness i want to see i want to see the camera moving you know i want to know that there's a person holding a camera and it's not just sitting on a tripod and we're just while we're at the one same table at a random restaurant correct and i don't want (laughs) i also know that like yes outside of my interviews I don't care if I'm sitting in a seat where I have bad lighting in my scene. Like, I don't need to be the person that's like, can I move, please? Because I feel like the shot is going to be, it's going to make me look weird. And it's like, sometimes you can just tell, like, everyone played musical chairs or they're like. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Bravo, I'll give Bravo the grittiness factor. Not that they're super gritty. But they're I think not... they balance it very well. I like yeah, the cinematic like... moments with like the camera shaking, like the whole Heather moment. But yeah. it had the perfect balance of that beach shot was iconic. So that, that if they shot the whole show like that, I don't know if I could watch it. Yes, yeah. But for that moment, it was everything. <laughs> it was yeah. like. So where can we find you, Georgia, as we wrap up our episode and as we plan our new reality show here in DC? Yes. All, yes, we should totally be our own really, network. No, I feel like we we have enough resources we could figure it out. We all have a digital camera. Let's go. No, no we don't need <laughs> we don't need all the like trust me, you can do a lot with your iPhone these days. Yes. Um I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Giorgio Says. My podcast, um, Giorgio Says, is also available on all platforms. You can watch it on YouTube and listen everywhere else. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Amazing. Yeah, we're going to use our PPP loan to uh, get this funded. Um, and we're really excited. So thank you, Giorgio, for being here. It's been such a key learn all about Housewives, especially y'all too, because y'all love reality <laughs> TV. And to see the passion that has come about is amazing. And <laughs> Rafi, where could they find you at? Um, we can follow me at Wait Don't Do It Podcast and Reggaeton Brunch DC. Um, we would love to have you at Reggaeton Brunch, Giorgio. And it's the next one because I need a vibe, and it seems Honey. like you're the only one hosting stuff that has a vibe that everyone's I, not standing around through. in cardigans. Come through, I got you. Come through, come through on Mar- March 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was it March 9th or March 10th? March, March 9th, March 9th. March 9th, it's gonna be a great show. And unfortunately, Nunu won't be there, but it's gonna be a great show. Oh my god, we would love to have you. So come through. Oh, I, 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 I love brunch and I, I love you. to dance. So yes, we have it. Every month one was, yesterday was so messy. Yesterday was so messy. So messy. Beyond people, messy. like two weeks, two brunches in a row, we've had people throw in the bathroom. There, oh, Nunu had left. There was a fight. There was a fight. There was a physical oh, like, my. yeah, bitch, I said that and what moment. Why so, uh, did it? Did we get to the bottom of what started it? It, the birthday boy, the, the group of 12. Do, like, what happened? He was happen? crazy. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, just, to, just to give context, y'all, brunches from 12 to 4. So all this happened after 4. So we were, our contract and liability had expired. At this <laughs> point. <laughs> so this is not happening during the show. Oh, the 12 okay. to 4 is okay. great. Now, after the hours, it gets Nunu would have pulled out counselor Nunu and be like, huh, let's let's de-escalate the situation. Right, right. <laughs> but no, they were definitely going at it. And then they kicked with one of the groups out. Um, but and they shut up. Yeah. Uh, and then someone puked. It was just wow. Oh, my God. And someone from that same group was like bawling, crying, bawling, crying, had three people like consoling him. I guess someone got their heart feelings hurt. But so or got heartbroken and they were just like having that moment. It was so entertaining. But again, great times at Reggaeton Brunch. And of course, that's where you can find me. 
Okay, I'm down. I'm down March 9th. I'm marking my calendar. Every month. And we're going to increase the party soon. because. And also, we'll celebrate coming. your birthday. We'll celebrate your birthday. Yeah. yeah. We'll always we'll celebrate. celebrate your birthday. And make sure you see me at New Paris. All the stuff. All the icons. All the things. And this is us signing off from Wait. You were almost best friends with Paris Hilton. That's the name of the episode because that's just so <laughs> iconic. So iconic. Thank you, Georgia, for being here. Thanks for having me, guys.